Well, good morning, everybody. Welcome to Living Hope. We're glad that you are here um, to celebrate with us. This is our churches, as you saw as you walked in, uh, it's our 21st birthday. If you're joining us online, you might not be aware of that, but surprise, it is. This is a birthday today. And um, we like to start every service with this greeting Christians have been using for a long, long time. The Lord be with you. Thank you. Thank you very much. We do believe that the Lord is present here as we gather together to worship him. Whether we're here in the room or whether we've gathered together online, uh, we believe that God meets us right where we are. Now the peace of the Lord be with you. All right. Very good. Wave at each other as Pastor Rich comes up and brings us announcements and then the message for this morning. Thank you, Pastor Judy. And uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to us getting back to the time where we can uh, actually walk around the room and greet each other. That'll be a good thing uh, when we get there. But um, <clears throat> yeah, and I am, I am grateful uh, for the, the folks from Ren Collective who are uh, willing to share that kind of thing with us. Um, oh, hey, right on the screen is a reminder that uh, you can pull out your phone if you want and go to livinghope.info slash connect, especially if you're joining us online. Let us know you're with us today. Uh, if you're here in the room, there's some little green cards in the back that you can just jot a note there. Let us know how we can be praying for you, thanking God with you. Um, anything at all, any comment you'd like to make. Um, if you want us to uh, have Ren Collective back, or if you <laughs> say, never do that again, or you know, any kind of feedback at all, uh, we're, we're open to that kind of thing. And uh, share it on your card, drop it in the offering box, or if you're doing the, uh, the little digital connect card, uh, that'd be a good thing too. If you are doing the online thing, then you can also give online. You can go to livinghope.info slash give, and, uh, and you can give to the church. You can give to missions. You can give to Habitat for Humanity. That's one thing that you can do today uh, is give to Habitat. We are partnering uh, once again with Habitat for Humanity to build a house. Last year, you guys were super generous and gave uh, all together, we gave like $13,500, which then all got matched by Thriving Financial uh, to help build a house. Now, last year, we couldn't go and help like build it and, uh, you know, drive the nails and uh, put up the walls and all that. This year we can. If you'd like to do that, you can go to livinghope.info slash habitat, click on the links for one of the build days. One of those build days is this Friday. So if you'd like to do that, you can. It's from like 8 to 2, I think. Uh, the other one is a Saturday on October 16th. Now we know not everybody's available on a Friday, but we know some of you are. And so to make sure that we have room for the folks who can only be there on Saturday in October, hoping that some of you who have that flexibility to be there on Friday will come and, and join us this Friday to help, uh, to help build a house. I'm excited about it. There have been several times I've wanted to go and work on a habitat build and just never was able to make it work. And uh, so this will be my first time getting to go and spend a day uh, helping to build a house. So if you'd like to join us, we'd love to have you. Uh, again, just go to livinghope.info slash habitat and, and you can do that right there. Um, you know, before we get to that last announcement thing, is there just one more on? Oh, there's something about the party. The fact that we're celebrating 21 years today, I think is in there too. Yeah, that's true. And we are going to have a party today, uh, not after this service, because there's another service after this one at 1030, but then we're going to have lunch. So I'm hoping that all of you who are joining us at nine here in the room, uh, I'm hoping that you will find your way back here around 1130, 1145, because there's going to be a whole bunch of burgers and dogs and birthday cake and soft drinks and water and outdoor games and all kinds of fun stuff. And that reminds me, I almost didn't say it. Okay. One thing we used to do back in the early days of this church, uh, we have not done for a long time. I don't remember why we did it back then, uh, <clears throat> other than it just being kind of fun and goofy, uh, was that somebody got to put a whipped cream pie in the pastor's face at our birthday party. And we're going to revive that this year. So at lunch today, if you are able to come back, somebody's going to get to put a pie in my face. And here's how we're going to choose who it is. All right? We're going to take everybody who has donated to Habitat this year, and we're going to put your names in a hat and draw one. It's going to be one of those kind of things. All right? So it's not too late if you're hoping to smash a pie in my face this afternoon. 
All you have to do is go to livinghope.info slash give and pick Habitat and, uh, and you know, give a dollar or $5 or $50 or whatever you want to give to Habitat. It doesn't matter how much it is. And after the second service, we're going to take a real quick minute to catch all the folks that dropped something in, in the box here because you could also write Habitat on an envelope and drop a dollar in there uh, or something like that. Should we have a cutoff? You have to give at least a dollar or something? I don't know. If, if all you got is a penny and you give a penny, you could still get a chance to throw a pie in my face. All right. So we're going to check real quick, make sure we've got all the names and uh, all the people who have donated to Habitat this year through, you know, for this project, and, uh, and then we'll draw a name. Who knows? Maybe we'll draw two. But anyway, we're at least going to draw one name. Uh, we'll see how much whipped cream is still on my face after the first one. What? Oh, and you're wanting... You're thinking, oh, two, like for, one for me and one for Pastor Judy? Is that what you're saying? We'll talk to her about that between now and then, I suppose, huh? So, all right. So, I don't know... Boy, next year maybe we'll have a competition with the jars and see who raises the most money or something, yeah. Anyway. <laughs> okay, Jason, we'll talk to Jason after this. Okay, we'll see, if he wants a, we'll see if he wants a pie in the face too. All right. Anybody else want a pie in the face this morning? We're just gonna, all right. Um, <clears throat> so that's happening. We're having a party this afternoon. We hope you'll be able to join us, and uh, maybe you'll get to throw, throw a pie in my face. All right. Um, oh, yeah, so before I get on, that, that last one is going to be for, before the message. I did want to say real quick... Uh, just how generous you guys have been over the years. It's been a beautiful thing uh, to be a pastor of this church for 21 years and to see the ways that we are able to partner with Habitat and the, the way you guys respond so generously to that. Uh, I was just looking back over some of the things from the past 21 years. We don't have like numbers from the first couple of years. Um, we weren't quite as organized back then. We were organized enough that we know all the money was handled appropriately, but we didn't keep track of it well enough. We didn't have to report. Here's the truth. We didn't have to report those numbers to the denomination in the same way. So when I go to look up our, our numbers, financial stuff, it only goes back to like 2012. So the easiest thing for me to do is just stop there and then kind of guess as to the first couple of years. But uh, I was just looking at that and seeing how generous you guys have been um, well, some of them are more recent, like World Vision. We partnered with them for the 6K for water the past five years. We've done that five times. 17, 18, 19, 20, Yeah, five times we've done that. And uh, I was adding it up to see how much we gave for clean water. And as a church, together, we've given almost $20,000 for clean water for kids. And every $50 of that is clean water for another kid. So you guys have provided clean water for hundreds of children uh, and in other parts of the world through that partnership with World Vision. Whether you've gone and walked, whether you've donated, some of you walk and then you encourage all your friends to donate. Uh, it's a beautiful thing. Um, uh, let's see, we did the, the Habitat stuff. I, we don't know how much you guys have given to like the, the Women's Center or to First Contact here in town because we encourage you to give directly to them and so those numbers don't flow through us. But the money that does come through here, over 21 years, collectively, you guys have given, it's nearly like somewhere in the neighborhood of like three and a half million dollars have been given for work here and around the world, um, and for which I am grateful. Most of that did not end up in my pocket, of course, uh, I, but, um, but most of that went to do work here in the community and around the world. Uh, because we're a part of the Church of the Nazarene, it's around 15% of that that goes, that leaves us uh, and doesn't stop here at all. And, uh, and goes right out to support missionaries and work across Northwest Indiana, goes to, uh, to pensions and things for retired missionaries who, you know, didn't get paid a whole lot and didn't get a chance to put together any kind of a retirement, um, and to scholarships for students going to Olivet Nazarene University. Uh, I, I was able to look up that number. It's almost half a million dollars over 21 years that you guys have given to all those efforts that go just outside ourselves entirely. It's wild how these things add up over the years, isn't it? I mean, any given year, you know, it, it might not look like as much. And what any one of us might give, we might feel like, oh, I don't know what difference my little gift is going to make. 
but all those drops uh, add up to one big, huge swimming pool full of water, you know, or end up with this giant river of, <laughs> you know, of difference being made in the world. So thank you for being so incredibly generous. And that's just like the money side, which is easy to look at because there's numbers attached and they have to get reported and that kind of thing. We've seen, I've had the privilege of seeing over 21 years, you know, hundreds of people come through our doors, um, many of them just like you, showing up, uh, hoping that there's something to this whole thing, hoping that maybe there is a God who cares about us, hoping to find a church where they can be themselves, where they don't have to put on a show, where they can just learn about God and learn about his love, and, and you have. And we've seen dozens and dozens and dozens of people over the years uh, find faith come alive in them find themselves with a new relationship with God that they didn't have before, find themselves able to walk into this world confident in God's love for them, uh, confident that they get to be a part of God's work in the world. It's a beautiful thing uh, to get to be your pastor and to get to be here for all these 21 years since we started it. And, um, and to be a parent, too. Uh, I, some of you don't know this, that we, as, we are a parent as a church. We, we had a kid years and years ago. Um, Dan and Sherry Martin uh, left our church and went out to Washington State and started a church. And they would not have been doing that if not for you, if not for the work being done here. Uh, before Living Hope got started, Dan was working at the mill. And, um, and as a part of being a part of the ministry here at Living Hope, they were very involved with the kids' ministry, working with Stacy week in and week out. And, um, and God spoke to them and spoke to Dan saying, I want you to be a pastor. And Sherry, you know, supported that. And they ended up, he ended up leaving his job at the mill, joining us here part-time. And after a few years, they felt like God was calling them to go and start this new risky endeavor. And that church is still going strong. I get to talk with Dan periodically and hear how things are going for Story Point out there in Kennewick, Washington. Um, <clears throat> so you guys, are, you guys are parents. We, as a church, are parents in that way. We've had, we've had kids already. And we're just 21, you know. So that's a, that's a beautiful thing. We actually had that child when we were extremely young, way too young for the, uh, the whole thing to make sense analogy-wise. But anyway. And we hope to do that again, you know. We, we don't see that as just something, oh, we did that, check that off the list. But that down the road, you know, as God continues to work, as God continues to send us out from this place and send people out, and that's, that's what God does. I was just talking with one of you earlier about the, kind of the, the life cycle of churches and how things go. And I mentioned we've had hundreds of people come through this church. Obviously, they're not all still here today, right? Because some of those folks, as they um, grew in their relationship with God, they found themselves gravitating back toward a church tradition that they'd been a part of previously. Or God called them away to, to move somewhere else. And they took their relationship with Christ with them. Right? They took their renewed uh, faith in God, their renewed passion for being a part of his work in the world. They take that with them. We take that with us wherever we go. And so some of you, you know, I hope will be here you know, forever, you know, as long as I am here at Living Hope. Some of you, God is going to end up taking you somewhere else, you know, wherever his, the wind of his Holy Spirit blows. And I hope that when you do, you're able to look back at your time at Living Hope and think, Wow, what a difference that made in my life. What a, what a difference God made in my life during my time there. What I learned, the encouragement I received from other people. Uh, this was a beautiful, beautiful thing. Uh, it was a few years ago that, um, that someone, uh, Lori, uh, uh, we're friends on Facebook now, but we kind of not kept up with each other. And uh, she was someone that had come to our church back in the early days and had the privilege of baptizing her as she was taking steps forward in her relationship with Christ and just discovering new life in Christ. And I had honestly lost track of where she was until one day she tags me on Facebook 
and says, every year, this is the anniversary of my baptism, and every year on this date, I watch the video. I didn't know there was a video. She has a video of her baptism, and, uh, and she's talking to her kids. She was single at the time. Now she's married with kids, talks to her kids about the difference that God made in her life, and she was thanking me and thanking others who were influential in that journey. It's a beautiful thing to be a part of someone's life, to be a part of someone's journey of, of faith. And, um, and so even though Lori, along with lots of other folks, aren't here with us today, even though God has led them on to other places, other cities, other, other parts of, of his mission in the world, uh, it's a beautiful thing to be a part of that journey for whatever period of time that we're able to, to be a part of it. So thank you for being the kind of place that people can safely come and explore Christian faith, learn, grow, and be sent out. Uh, to do his work in the world, just like we all are every single week. All right, that's, uh, that's I think, enough of that. Sorry. Um, thank you for letting me be your pastor all this time. I look forward to many more good years of, of pastoring here. Today we're starting a, a six-week series based on a little book called Way, Truth, Life. And uh, there's, there's just a little quick introduction to that, I think, that we'll have on the screens here. Just in case you couldn't read that, uh, it said, Way, Truth, Life, Discipleship is a Journey of Grace. Uh, the, uh, the teenagers here at Living Hope actually started this journey a little bit ahead of us as, uh, as Jason was starting that uh, a few weeks ago. And uh, it's based on, and they, Jason got excited enough about it, I thought, well, maybe I should look at this. You know, I'd, I'd gotten this book in the mail from the Church of the Nazarene. It's written by one of our general superintendents, a guy named David Busick. He was a pastor in Kansas City when I was there uh, for a seminary, and at some point in the church, uh, we elected him to be one of those that oversee whole world areas. So he travels the world now and, uh, and helps ordain new ministers and, and oversee the work all over the place along with uh, five others. There are six of them that do that. And he's written a book, Way, Truth, Life, Discipleship as a Journey of Grace. And uh, I'd hope to put one of these in everybody's hand today. Instead, we've got about 10 or 12 of them on that back table. If you want one, just go take it. It's right back there next to, next to Katie back there by the computer and the TV. Um, and for the next six weeks, we're going to be walking through this, this idea of, okay, Jesus as the way, the truth, and the life, uh, the one who leads us to the Father. What does this mean that discipleship is a journey of grace? You know, discipleship is kind of a weird churchy word, right? We don't use that very often. I suppose in the rest of the world, they would use a word like apprentice, right? That you apprentice yourself to someone. You're, you're learning, you're growing, or, or mentorship, I suppose. That you're being mentored, you're being, uh, you're being led, you're being developed by someone who wants to help you to grow. That's what discipleship is. It's this journey of following Jesus. We've been talking the last few weeks uh, about how that's not um, discipleship. Growing as a Christian doesn't mean like I'm getting better at better at like following some list of rules or something, right? It really is a journey of grace, of encountering God in his grace and responding to that gracious invitation, growing in our relationship with God as we, as we listen to him, as we learn from him. And yes, there's an obedience component, there's a transformed life component, but it all starts, and we're going to explore that some of these next few weeks, but it all starts just with that gracious invitation uh, to, to come and see, to, to follow Jesus. That's what we're going to look at today, all right? So you've got uh, in your notes uh, some scriptures there, and the first one is from John chapter 14. This is where uh, Jesus is with his disciples. He's been talking with them about how he's about to go, and uh, he's going to be he's going to be suffering and dying and rising again, uh, that he is going to be leaving them, and they're a little freaked out by that, and he's trying to put them at ease. He's like, hey, it's okay. You know, you know the way to where I'm going, and Thomas, uh, who was courageous enough to ask and like raise his hand and say, you know, teach, we have no idea what you're talking about right now. Um, we don't know where you're going. How can we know the way there? And Jesus answers with this. He says, I am the way and the truth and the life. He says, wait, I am the way. <laughs> I am the truth. I'm the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you really know me, you will know my Father as well. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. 
The Bible tells us that Jesus is the one who perfectly reveals to us our Heavenly Father. Jesus is the one who shows us who God is. If you've ever wondered, if you've ever thought like, is God really like that? You know, we get impressions of God from all sorts of different places, right? And, uh, and sometimes those impressions can be wildly different from the picture of God from the Bible. Or sometimes even you're reading the Bible and you come across some story and you're like, whoa, God there seems kind of, uh, mm, I don't know, what, what, do we really believe that God would say this or do this or whatever? If you ever have a question about who God is, we believe you should look to Jesus, right? Jesus says, you look to him if you want to see the Father. If you know me, you'll know my Father as well. He is the way. He is the truth. He is the life. He is the one that, that reveals to us the Father. That's how God has chosen to reveal himself to us. Uh, the Bible says in other places in Hebrews chapter 1 that, that in former times God, you know, sent us prophets and spoke, you know, words out of the sky to us, you know. But in these days he has sent his Son. He's come close to us. He has come right to where we live to show us what it looks like in, in a way that we can understand this is what God is like. And he graciously invites us into a relationship with him. Uh, he graciously invites us into this journey of knowing him better, of joining his work. So let's look at some stories. Uh, we've got a couple of stories here uh, of Jesus calling disciples, uh, calling those, those people to, to follow him, to learn from him, that we see spelled out in the books of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, as these early uh, disciples of Jesus have written down the stories of what it was like following him around. And uh, in John chapter 1, we read, uh, the next day John was there again with two of his disciples. This was John the Baptist. When he saw Jesus passing by, he said, look, the Lamb of God. When the two disciples heard him say this, they followed Jesus. Turning around, Jesus saw them following and asked, what do you want? <laughs> I think it's kind of funny. All right. What do you want? They said, Rabbi, which means teacher, but where are you staying? Come, he replied, and you'll see. So they went and saw where he was staying, and they spent that day with him. It was about four in the afternoon. Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, was one of the two who heard what John had said and who had followed Jesus. The first thing Andrew did was to find his brother Simon and tell him, we have found the Messiah, that is the Christ, or the anointed one is what those Hebrew and Greek words mean, the anointed king. And he brought his brother to Jesus. Jesus looked at him and said, you're Simon, son of John. You will be called Cephas, which when translated is Peter, or we also know means rock from other conversations that Jesus has with him. The next day, Jesus decided to leave for Galilee. Finding Philip, he said to him, follow me. Philip, like Andrew and Peter, were from the town of Bethsaida. Philip found Nathanael and told him, we found the one Moses wrote about in the law and about whom the prophets also wrote, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. Nazareth? Can anything good come from there? Nathanael asked. Come and see, said Philip. Come and see. <laughs> and I'm just going to stop the story there because it keeps going. As, as Jesus encounters these, these men and says, hey, I want you to follow me. And we don't know these, these guys, if they were young, if they were old. Uh, sometimes some aspects of the story and, and of history, some traditions say they were, they were pretty young. Others say they were, you know, in middle age or whatever. We know that, that Peter at least had a mother-in-law, so he was old enough to be married. Um, but uh, he's, he's inviting them to come and see. And that's, that's the very first invitation that we see there. Just come and see. This invitation to, to come, to learn, to explore. And that's where this journey begins. Uh, on the opposite page over there, I just, I just wrote down some of the, the, the bullet points of discipleship as a journey of grace. And it starts with just that invitation to come and see. We, we've tried to make this uh, the kind of place where you can just come and see. That Living Hope, over these past 21 years, as we started the church, the point of it was, we want to make a place where people who don't know God can feel safe coming and just exploring and saying, like, 
you know, I'd, I'd like to learn more about this. I'd like to learn more about Christian faith or about the Bible. Or, you know, I've got some questions and I need a place to come and ask them. And this is a safe place to ask those questions and to not, to not have arrived yet, right? To, to still be on the journey and maybe even to be in the very beginning ends of that journey saying, I'd like to know more. And so Jesus graciously just says, come, see. We, we see that happen in other places as well. There's a story where, where Jesus meets a woman at a well uh, in Samaria, and they have a conversation, and Jesus uh, tells her things that he couldn't have known other than you know, by God revealing them to him. And at some point, she just gets up and leaves the conversation and goes running off to find her friends and says, hey, come and see this guy. He told me everything I ever did. He might be, could he be the Messiah? And she just invites him, come see, meet this guy, and a whole bunch of her friends and towns and neighbors do, and a whole bunch of them end up believing that, yes, this really is the Messiah. Jesus really is God revealing himself to us. He really is come to, to begin to make things right. It's not a forced thing. No one's twisting anyone's arm. It's just an opportunity to explore, to learn. But at some point, decisions have to get made, right? At some point, it goes from come and see to follow me, <laughs> At some point, you have to leave what you've been doing and, and start doing something different, to leave a past life behind and to begin to embark on this journey of, of a new life. It's a decision you've got to make. Do I really want to trust in Jesus? Do I really want to follow what he has to say? Do I want to let him lead me or not? Uh, you've got there in your notes from Matthew chapter 4, um, as a moment, it says, as Jesus was walking beside the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon, called Peter, and his brother Andrew. We just met both of them in John's Gospel. They were casting a net into the lake, for they were fishermen. Come, follow me, Jesus said, and I will send you out to fish for people. At once, they left their nets and followed him. So Jesus, we have him telling Philip, follow me. We have him telling uh, Simon, Peter, and Andrew, come, follow me. I'm, I'm going to change your life if you'll come and follow me. And they do. They leave behind their old life, and they begin to follow Jesus. Now today, when the invitation generally isn't like, so leave your job and just kind of follow Rich around all the time and learn from him or anything. You know, we're not, we're not doing that, you know. Uh, but the invitation is to say, you know, Jesus comes to us and he says, come, see, learn, explore. And as you learn more, as you see that, wow, there really is something compelling about this man, Jesus, about this, this person who I'm seeing something more than just a man here. I'm seeing grace <laughs> flow freely through him to, to those who are, um, ostracized to those who are put down by others to those who are, are weak and in need he he goes to them he lifts them up God's grace is so evident here I want that grace I want to be a part of this and the invitation comes follow me and we face that decision which also is God's grace at work God just saying he's he just graciously saying yes I want you to be one of my disciples I want you to follow me it's an invitation to be a part to to, to begin making progress on that journey it doesn't, that doesn't mean either that you've got it all figured out. It just means you trust Jesus enough to, to listen to him, to, to put your faith in him, to follow him, to not just hear what he has to say, but to put it into practice. And as we do that, he begins to change our lives. This takes courage, right? You guys know this. Any of you, because some of you are looking around at you, I know your journey you've been on. You know, you've, you've walked this journey. You've been at this point at some place. You've said, okay, I need help. Jesus seems like he can help. I'm going to trust you, Jesus. You know? And you find your, your sins forgiven as you confess to him. I need your help. I need your grace. Yes, I've disobeyed you. you. You gave me a life to live, and I've been wasting it. I've been doing damage to the people around me instead of giving life to the people around me. And God, I need your help. And he does. He helps. He forgives our sins. He gives us his Holy Spirit. He begins to change our lives. And that requires courage to make a change, right? And 
what's the saying? Nobody likes change except a, a baby with a dirty diaper. Even they don't like change, especially, you know. They're, they're fighting you the whole time, you know. But they're a little happier usually afterwards. Um, we don't like having to make changes. You know, we, we've kind of settled into what works for us sometimes. Now, obviously, sometimes we find we come to a place where we're like, okay, that doesn't work anymore. and I, I'm desperate for a change. I need help. And, and Jesus is right there ready to help. Other times, we kind of got it figured out, right? We've got the work thing figured out and the family thing figured out and the relationship thing figured out. And we got, we got things going kind of smoothly. The machine is running, right? And then here comes Jesus. All of a sudden, we're like, wait a minute. <laughs> Have I been wrong about what life is supposed to look like? Have I been wrong about why I'm here and who I'm supposed to be? And, and all of a sudden, Jesus is challenging us to something bigger than what we've been about before. Suddenly, he's, he's putting our life in a different perspective. Like, wow, maybe God has something more for me than just what I thought I was supposed to be and who I was supposed to be. And Jesus invites us to follow him, to learn from him, to let him lead us. Man, this takes all kinds of courage to be open to him changing us. But he promises that he will. He promises that he's not going to just leave us there to just, like, fail at this. All right? He promises that's, that's that you will be part. So come and see Turns into follow me, and eventually there's this, you will be. Jesus promises us, like he says to Peter, you know, you're, or Simon, you are Simon, you will be called Cephas, you know. Or he says to those fishermen, you've been fishing for, for fish, I'm going to help you fish for people. I'm going to change your life. I'm going to transform you. Not just forgive your sins, but help you to be a part of this mission in the world. I'm going to change you into the kind of person that can be more loving, who can be more generous, who can be more compassionate who can be more forgiving. I'm going to transform you into someone who can walk into our bitterly divided society and be a peacemaker and not throw gas on the fire or, you know, fight against some other side, but someone who can walk into the middle of those kinds of conversations and say, look, you're loved by God and you're loved by God. And yes, we disagree, but let's find, a, let's find some ways to, to live at peace together. Let's find, find some ways to listen to each other, to respect each other. Let's find some ways forward. He will change our lives as we accept his gracious invitation. And eventually, finally, they quit rhyming to like go and do, you know, uh, to, to go and to, to be those fishermen for other people, to go and to, to extend his grace and his love to, to other people, to be, to join Jesus in that, in that work. This is a journey, right? We don't arrive there all at once. You don't, you don't show up or, or watch a service and pray a prayer and like, woohoo! I went from A to Z. No, you know, you, you've taken a step, right? You've gotten from A to B, you know, and then, you know, you go from B to C, and then you go from C to as you continue to follow Jesus, and that's how it's designed to be. That's how it's supposed to be. There are none of us that have arrived yet, including me. We are all still on this journey by God's grace, right? His, his unmerited favor, his goodness to us that we don't deserve. It's just by God's grace, and we've been looking at this these past weeks, by God's grace that we're saved. It's not something we've done by ourselves. It's, it's all God's grace. He is the one that is changing us, that's creating us, inviting us to be part of his new creation. He is the one who is preparing us for the, the good works that he's got for us to do. So I hope that you have accepted this invitation. And if not, I hope you'll accept it today. I hope that today you'll, you'll hear the Holy Spirit speaking to you saying, come, see, just at least explore this. Show up next Sunday. Learn more about God's grace. You know, or tune in next Sunday. You know, join us in whatever way you're able to. Um, 
continue on this journey. See what Jesus might want to, might want to say to you, might want to do in your life as you trust in him. All right, let's, let's bow our heads and let's, let's pray. Thank you, God. Thank you for your gracious invitation to each one of us. You have been at work in our lives from before we were ever aware of it. And you're at work in our lives today. You know, wherever we are on this journey, God, you're inviting us to, to take steps forward, to continue to grow in our, in our knowledge of you, to continue to grow in our experience of your grace and your love, to continue to grow in the ways that we are um, partnering with you in your work in the world, letting your grace and love flow through us. God, we're grateful for the journey that our church has been on over the past 21 years. God, each one of us uh, could point in our own lives at ways that you've been at work in our lives for the past however old we are. And God, here we are today with your Holy Spirit speaking to us, inviting us to say yes. At the very least, to say yes to coming and seeing, to, to listening to you, to learning more about what this faith thing might look like. Some of us, God, we're right at that place where you've been. We've been learning. We've been exploring. And now here we are. And we need to say yes to trusting and following you. Admitting to you that, that you are right about us. That the ways we've been living our lives before was, was not right. That we've been living a selfish, sinful life. And we need your grace to forgive us of those sins, those, those wrong things that we have done and those good things we should have done and we didn't do. God, we need you to forgive us, to be gracious to us. God, thank you that your word tells us that when we confess our sins, you are faithful and just. You forgive our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. You wash us clean. You give us a fresh start. Thank you, God. Thank you for your love for us. Thank you that out of love for us, you sent your son Jesus to live and die and rise again, to defeat the powers of sin and death and the devil, to set us free, to make new life possible for us right here where we live. Thank you, God. I pray you'd give us the courage to trust and follow you on this amazing journey of grace. Thank you, God. That today we have this sacrament, we get to celebrate this, this holy communion. As we take bread and juice and we offer them to you, we pray that by your Holy Spirit's presence here, we might meet our crucified and risen Savior in his body and in his blood. Remembering that on that night when he was betrayed, when he was about to give his life for all of us, as he gathered with his disciples, he took bread and broke it and said, this is my body given for you. When you eat this, do it in remembrance of me. Jesus, you took the cup and you gave it to your disciples and said, drink this, all of you. This is my blood poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. When you, when you drink this, do it in remembrance of me. This, this seals the, the new agreement, the new covenant between God and humanity. Jesus, it's because of you and your sacrifice, your death and resurrection, that today we have confidence in the love of our Heavenly Father. We see it revealed in you. So today, would you help us to trust you, to offer you ourselves, so that by your Holy Spirit's work in our lives, we might be transformed into the body of Christ given for the world. Thank you, God. Thank you for this amazing grace, this amazing love that you have shown to each one of us. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Uh, would you pray with me the prayer that Jesus taught us to pray? Our Father, who is in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. 
Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Amen. You're invited to come forward, uh, take bread from the basket, dip it in the juice and eat it, and then return to your seats. There's regular pita bread, there's gluten-free wafers, and there's those little like uh, individually wrapped communion things. You also have those on your tables. Uh, if you'd rather do that, you can, or if you're at one of the seats, you can grab them off a table or, or from the back there. Uh, if, that's, if you'd rather not come forward in a line, you can also grab them off the table and peel the one back and get to the bread and peel the other back and get to the juice. And Oh, thank you, God, for the amazing grace that you've shown to each one of us in your son, Jesus Christ. Would you fill us today with the spirit of Christ so that as we go from here, we might go as a people who have, uh, have had our sins forgiven, yes, but now have been so filled with your grace that we just can't help but be gracious toward others. Thank you, God. Thank you for going with us. Thank you for sustaining us. Thank you for transforming our lives by your love and grace. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, now may the, may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen. Amen.